All right, here we are, Rub Chat Live. How's everybody feeling? The last day of the NFR. Broadcasting from right here in the wonderful convention center, Las Vegas Convention Center, at the Cinch Jeans booth. And uh, I hope that you guys will get a chance to go check out some of their awesome stuff. We are uh, recording live today, but if you don't get to listen to the whole thing because you want to go shopping, you can go to rumpchat.com or go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts to listen to this wonderful deal. And join with me today for everybody that listens to uh, Rump Chat. Hambone is actually at work today uh, because he's uh, doing the stuff for the NFR. So my guest today is my host, my guest host over at the Orleans as well, from Manawa, Wisconsin, my great friend, Jesse Knutson. He's with us today. You got to turn the mic on. Why did you shut it off on me? I just was, you did you you set me up for failure. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. They've been on all morning. And he shuts it off. Yeah. So um, a couple years ago, when we started going to the Orleans and had Rump's Rodeo Party, that starts at five fifteen at the Bourbon Street Lounge. Yeah. Um, everybody come up to me after the show and me like, oh, we love you guys on Rump Chat. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like Bone, you do such a great job. I didn't really want to tell them I wasn't Hambone. Yeah, so, they, like, the rest of the week at the Orleans, I'm walking through, and everybody's like, what's up, Hambone? I'm just like, go Hawks. And yeah. just kept on walking. <laughs> this is not Hambone, okay? No, no. But I tell you what, th- this is a very special day at Rump Chat. Every, we've done this for three years, and the three years of Rump Chatting, every year on the 10th round, Joe Beaver, my hero, gets to stop by. Round of applause for Joe. And Joe, you might not know this, but he's a – this is not like a, a show. Joe is a Rump Chat fan, and he wears Rump Chat apparel. And, uh, Joe, I just got to say on behalf of me and Hambone and Jesse, thank you for taking time. I know you're busy, but yet you have time to sit with my big ass and uh, talk about rodeo. So, Joe, thank you, and welcome to Rump Chat. Hey, I haven't missed it since we started. I'm not going to miss it after. Um, for y'all that don't know and don't get to see him a lot, they're one of the most entertaining, bright flashes in the rodeo business that we needed. Uh, was a few years back when he stepped in and started clowning around and being himself. So a chance to come out, talk to you guys, stay with Trump on this is, that's one of my Saturdays. And, and Saturdays are busy and Saturdays are booked, but not this hour. This is Rump Chat. Well, yeah, and that, I, I just love to have you on because the one thing when we think so many times about rodeo commentators, uh, I've really, really enjoyed you. And you know who else I've really started liking? Is Luke Branquino has done a bang-up job, too, yep. okay? Luke's a good talker. You're a good talker. Um, it's just fun to have you guys. Because, you, you know, there's some you know, other sports that uh, will have a commentator that you just kind of like, like Joe Buck, you know? Yep. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck. Yeah, I, especially Packer fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that, hell yeah. But uh, to have Joe and, and, and Luke and everybody, and last night we actually got to have dinner with Butch, and, and uh, on the show yesterday, Jeff Benners was on the show. So it's cool to get to, to have all you guys around here and, and doing the TV deal. Did you ever think in 1985, a young Joe Beaver comes to Vegas, and in 2021, here we still are? No, I didn't even think I'd make it to 2021. <laughs> if, if you were here in the 80s, Vegas was not so much child-friendly and family-oriented, which fit right in for me because it was, you know, Wade Rope, then it was Ricky and the Red Streaks, and then it was a couple of establishments that you don't mention aren't there till daylight, and then it was sleep three hours and go again. So 
in 85 to even be alive in 2021 was questionable <laughs> and doing tv was even further out of the topic because i've always been known for saying what i think and believe and back then it was probably worse than now well yeah <laughs> i love that you say what you want to say because in any other sport uh, and i think this is where rodeo is a little bit different and uh in any other sport you think about e the espns if you have a quarterback that throws say four interceptions at a football game they spend a whole day on ESPN talking about what he did wrong, right? right? And yep. it's no big deal. That's just yeah. that's standard practice in, in football. But now if you have uh, a cowboy and he misses four, four in a row at the NFR and you start talking about how he's not doing good, sometimes you have people that want to go, well, you need to lay off him, you know, shut up. You know, well, it's not that anybody's talking bad about it. It's just – we're, we're just we're presenting the facts. Yeah. And if you can't present the facts, you don't need to do the job. And if you can't take the hits, then you've never been successful and went to the bottom of the roller coaster and back up. It's just a roller coaster ride. You know, I, two or three this week, you know, I've got a couple texts, you know, hey, he's up. Hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lucky this week. Well, whatever it is. You had a bad night. You broke the barrier on the best one on him. You're last out. You knew what you had to do to win. That's a mistake. And if it's a mistake, I'm going to call it a mistake. And like last night, I bragged on Haven Medjid for the way he handled that situation with the calf laying down. And then I docked on the judges because I thought they rushed Shad Mayfield. That's just the way I am. I mean, I'm going to call it the way y'all see it because I remember when you're out here, I was doing the barrel race, and I said something, you know, about the ground giving away and horses butt slipped and she'd come back over the barrel. And I got a lot of up high, higher ups calls. You know, hey, lay off that, blame it on the horse. You blame it on her horse <laughs> because you want a mad bell racer on your ass or just some higher no. up, you know? So yeah. I think if we would call it more like it is, and let's face it, you know, everybody's not, everybody's not the greatest guy in the world. Everybody's not the greatest girl running. Everybody's going to have problems. If you call it like it is, y'all being, and I say y'all just because I'm not in the stands, but the general public actually enjoys more what they're seeing if they're hearing what they see is right i agree with that that makes a lot of sense i mean uh let's talk about this let's get right to this every morning and, and anybody that listens to rope chat uh jesse and i one of our well not his favorite thing but what i like to do every morning and and i shouldn't even look oh you don't but i no, always i always like to see what Every morning of the NFR this year, there's been a full thread on Facebook about something. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's, there's, there's some I believe and some that I disagree with. I didn't like the, the thread about Casey Field. Casey's one of my friends. Yeah, he, there's been a couple times where I thought he was scored a little high, but guess what? It's not Casey's fault. Well, I don't know if it's, it's so much the hate on Casey as the judging, like... I think that's what the people have a problem with is well, the consistency. And of the people judge. forget out here, there's four judges. There's not two like usual. You've got four different opinions, four different views. So to say four of them are going to cheat, that's a hell of a statement. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to get four people to cheat and agree on anything? Oh, the, the armchair quarterbacking gets pretty intense. You've armchair quarterback this week, too, though, Rump. No, I haven't on what? Yeah, you have. What, what did I do? What did I do? Go on, throw him under the bus. Let me hear it. Oh, I did. I did. That. So that we had that earlier this week. 
I just said I wasn't hating. I wasn't armchair quarterbacking. All I'm saying is, this is the national finals rodeo. Will you? That was from last night. Yeah. Shut his bill oh, off. I wish you could have been there last night to see him, Joe. Well, was, he, was he a little worked up? Oh, man. Yeah, but, he was. But in his defense, he's not the only one I've heard. Okay. Can I, I would like to explain myself. I'm not hating on anybody because I work in production. However, here's my thought. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're at the National Finals Rodeo on a Friday night. We are we're, world championships are being we're decided. We're on rounds. We got two rounds left. To decide if this is going to change someone's life. We are at the point of the NFR where dreams are made and hearts are broken. And they start off the laser light show and we're at the NFR. Let's go to Jamie Johnson. Like, I just didn't feel like that was a good fit. Don't play that song again. Do not. Like, I want to, I'm more, and anybody listening to Rump Chat knows, I'm thinking Motley Crue kickstart my heart. Like, let's. Let's let let's let JB Mooney come out of the roof in a box. What, what about smoking a cigarette with a beer? What about Kid Rock getting lowered singing cowboy? He was at the American. Anything that builds it up and equals the hype that we had before instead of the So yeah. when you came here in 85, it was trumpets, wasn't it? Man, I think it was still that little guy that had the truck that he opened the sides with the organ grinder. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's who it was. But that's what makes Vegas different. You're right. Why build it all up and then down? Well, you know, in, in 1985, uh, Cotton Rosser was so go, yeah. flying you rodeo was running the openings, and they were phenomenal. They weren't nothing against David Lee Murphy singing "Dust on a Bottle," uh, a song that made it to number five in 1996. Um, but it looked like he was dusting the bottle. Clean, clean that dull knife out. He just stabbed, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, like when Cotton did the openings, how many in our in-house crowd, and maybe you guys watching on our YouTube channel, do you guys remember the elaborate openings? With there, the big boot? There was came out of on and, yeah. Memorial Night. Check this out for you guys that, that didn't awesome. see it. This, this lady, I think this was in 1990. This lady comes riding in. They got fog all across yep. the arena. And she comes riding in with angel wings on a white horse. And after the third time, she rides this horse to the middle. And Tallman says, but you know what? It's not goodbye. It's we'll see you soon. Well, she had these wires hooked to her angel wings. Her they wings flap. went out. And then she ascended into the heavens in the Thomas and Mac. That's and an opening, people. Last night, we had Jamie Johnson singing... <laughs> whatever that <laughs> stupid song was. I'm just saying, like, I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on Jamie, and I have to be very careful because I made some statements against the lead singer from Stained. And you heard about it? Turns out he listens to Rump Chat. Like, <laughs> I, I well, got you want, you, want, you want the audience. You got it. Yeah, so, uh, but, you know, I will say this. I loved Cor Blund singing Rye Whiskey the other night. That was good. Cor, Cor was a friend of ours. He was in a rock band, so that's... I feel like he's got the good transition, but um, I I can't believe you brought. I, I'm not hating. I'm just critiquing, because Joe, you are a teacher. You teach your roping clinics, so when you have to tell somebody what they're doing wrong, it's not that you're telling them, "Hey, you suck." You're just saying, "Maybe be better if we did this." And maybe you think the openings would be better if they went back to true openings of what we're representing, and that's the rodeo national finals. Yeah. Because they're still playing the... But Cotton was hard to beat. 
Cindy yeah. and Cotton, they, they came up with all kinds. And, you know, do you remember the when, they, when they did that, Tom, and used to do that? They, the light would be off, and he'd come on to the person that was deceased that year and go away with the, with the fog and all oh, that. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a real tribute. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I know it's not really part of the rodeo. It's just a Well, and they used intro, to, back but, then, they used to, did they bid it out, the openings? Because I remember the Suttons produced the openings yep, one year. They, either that or they moved it around, something, yeah. They did one of the two because it wasn't always the same people. Well, yeah, Samstown actually was, I think that switch when Samstown took over the sponsoring of the openings because back in those days, like <laughs> the 90s, um, which doesn't seem that long ago, but uh, they, it, it was like the opening was a whole different part of the rodeo. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was so special. And I remember being a young kid going, I, I can't wait to, to see what the opening is. And that was, I mean, the, the rodeo is obviously good because uh, that's one thing I do love about the Cowboy Channel is showing the old Covered NFRs, yeah. getting watch the old, uh, watching a young Joe Beaver and Paul Tierney and in the Bulldog and Oak Berry and Rob Juker and, and that whole old school group of guys that it's pretty funny because I was in studying for this. I watched some of your old runs from the eighties and there's dudes just sitting on the back of the, of the box. Like you're at slack oh, at I'm the NFR. I, no, the guys that, that, that took care of our horses and stuff, not just contestants. You're right. My one boy used to work for me and take care of my horse. You know, he always had something smart to say right before I wrote. And I always thought to myself, wonder why they let him up here even, you know? But he'd sit right there on the back of the chute, and hey, you could just talk. Everybody it was like, you know, you were at Edna, Texas at the PRC Rodeo. <laughs> yeah. So been, it, that's changed for the better. I've been to Edna, Texas. Okay. You know what I mean. Okay, so item number two that's been discussed a lot this week uh, that I actually kind of think would be cool. And there's all different thoughts. Riley Duval was on yesterday. He was kind of talking about it. And, I mean, it doesn't matter to me because I'm never going to be the NFR, but – uh, as a rodeo fan, there's a lot of people that, that were thinking it would be cool to get rid of the average, take all the average money, right, and put it into the round so there's there's not an average at all. So it would make the rounds pay 40000 a night, but no average. So you couldn't lay off and just make sure you got one tied or make sure you got one caught. It would be each round is a knockout. And for 10 rounds, I think – Personally, as a rodeo fan, I think it would be cool, but I don't know as a contestant. Have you heard anything about that? They've been talking about it for years, you know, yeah. last four or five years. And, and I'm all about it. I'm like, I love big money every night. The only thing I said that to me would take away a little bit of, it's going to take away a little bit of that guy that – that foul ropes one that fights and, and digs and claws to get him tied that guy that catches that steer by one horn he's gonna let him go it's gonna take away some of the crowd pleasing moments you know and it's gonna take away a lot of guys are gonna break the very throw be out of there but but you look at it both ways it's gonna make the elite that night be more to celebrate but is it gonna take away from what you sell in the event maybe so yeah, the, the funny thing, too, is about that, um, and the, I, I, I talked about this yesterday, but, like, uh, when, when I seen this one guy that was talking about riding bulls, this guy was from, from Kansas, and uh, he placed at a rodeo in uh, 2001, and he was third place in the bull riding at a county fair in Iola, Kansas. That was his credential, and uh, he's on there talking about how bad the bull riding's been. I'm, oh, <laughs> I yeah. Didn't, I was... Uh, I was kind of conflicted, but I did put on there. I'm like, 
I put this big paragraph. I'm like, if anybody knows about riding bulls, it would be you. I mean. You just went on and let him have it. Yeah. I'm like, because I'm sure that Sage Kimsey, when he bucks off, is like, I need to call old Mike in Kansas. Say, hey, Mike, uh, six-time world champion and million-dollar winner, Sage Kimsey. Did you know what I was doing wrong? Could you just post it on Facebook so I could read it? Like, it's ridiculous. You know, but. well, they talked at one time about like the tenth round tonight, bringing yep. just like the top eight contestants back yep. or the top ten and having a yep. shootout. And like, what are your thoughts on that? I because didn't like a lot that. of people think that it takes away from the regular season and all the work to get here, but with so much money added at the finals now, you know. And if they ever decided to take the average away, I think that's the only way to do it. I think at the last you bring them back and you make, you know, like the tour rodeos used to be or whatever, you know, run eight, then run four if you want to. Yeah, that's but, that's the way they had it set up. They, they had it set up just like the sit uh, shootout at San Angelo. So it would be perf number 10, the top 10 in each event come back, and they go, like, so you would go bareback ride, steer wrestling, team rope, and you go through your progression. Ten guys, and then you come then back. Then you come back with the top four. So you'd have a 10 round and a four round and one perf. But I, I don't I don't really agree with that because I think your fifteenth guy should have just as much a chance to yeah, win around. He, he worked just as hard to get here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I say all the time, Rump, and you know this. They, there's not an invitation to show up in the mail in November and say, Oh, by the way, you get to come to Vegas. You know, they've busted and they've earned to get there too. So that's the only reason I say that if they go to something I'm afraid they're gonna start cutting. People, that's why I say the average will keep them having 10 rounds because they have to include everybody. Okay, my next question on that, this is another thing that I saw. What's your thoughts on this? Now, this is just hypothetical. There's nothing in the works, so nobody say, well, God, Justin Rumpfer <laughs> said, you know. But there was uh, another uh, deal I was reading about that a lot of people thought if somebody gets injured in the NFR, then they should take the next place up. So, like um, – the bareback riding or well, any of it, you know. Like it's, steer wrestling. Yeah. Devers. So, yeah, Cody Devers, he gets hurt. It's yep. Devers. He's a Northwest Devers. Oklahoma State guy. He gets hurt, so you'd bring in your number 16 guy for the remaining rounds. And what 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 do you think on that? Because I'm, I'm conflicted because, for one, I think it's kind of cool. But here's what I, I – here's where the conflict comes in. You got – say that it's the seventh round, right? So these guys have been out here. They've been – Bulldogging every night, they're tired. Our bareback riders sore, beat bear up. Bareback riders sore. You bring a fresh one in, and no. then you get you got a guy coming in seventh round that that's his first one. I that's that's the conflict that I. But what do you think? I I don't I don't think it's right. I think when you make them, you take your fifteen after the first perf. If you're down to ten, you're down to ten. Uh, now last year we saw you know with some thing guidelines that didn't work out for a couple, we saw two. Didn't get Corey to go. Sullivan. Corey, you know, Corey got to come in. You know, Jesse came in. All of a sudden, Corey went from not having a chance to win a hundred and something thousand dollars. That was his chance. He got in. Yeah. But to me, once it starts with fifteen, I don't think you bring in fresh bodies, fresh horses, yeah. fresh attitudes because people don't fresh realize. Attitudes. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> seriously, because out here you can go two or three rounds, and if you don't win a lot, you're beat down mentally. You got to figure out how to come back from it. And if I'm sitting at home watching on TV and I get a call, uh, I'm way ahead of you because I'm coming in for one thing, to win all I can win. So I'm not worried about what all you've been through. I, I, I don't think they should replace after it starts. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that they talked about – and it, does, it 
Now, there's been years where Sage has had the bull ride and won after, mm-hmm. like, the sixth yep. round. And J.W. Harris, didn't one year he break his hand and didn't ride, and still won it. Yep. And so I think that they're trying to create that drama for the last night. You know, you're not going to watch the, the seventh game of the World Series if you know the Rangers already won it. But with all the races now, I mean, it's like tonight in the bareback ride, and it's a one-header. Yeah. So hey, it's a one-header in five, five events tonight, I think. I mean, like, Jesse so, Pope's got gunfire. Yeah. Gunfire Frontier Rodeo. Cole Franks was 90 on that horse uh, at Dodge City. They were Tim O'Connell was what 92 at the Reagan Rally at Steiner's. Um, like gunfire. You could not pick a better horse for the 10th round and, to try to challenge a championship. And, and, and Jesse's two points behind Casey. That's right. Average. Yep. But I think Jesse's. But they're cheating up. for Casey, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Facebook. You says. know, if you're if you're cheating for me, make me 15 points ahead, yeah. not two. Yeah. Um, but so. Could that actually work out? So if Jesse is two points higher. Jesse's two points behind KC. But yeah. so what I'm saying is if he could get those points back and be over, could Jess win the world in the bareback ride? I think so because, I, I mean, it all depends on – there's so much money today. you got 67 in the average and then another 27 in the in the go round. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's possibly 90000 for him. And there's enough money difference in the average between first, second, third that you can make it up with the top go round check if you're getting an average check. One, two, or three. Yeah, I yep. mean, so, and it's if, if Casey wins fourth and Jess wins first, I mean, there's it's going to be good watching. Yeah, I always say though, and this year it's so cool because I think in the steer wrestling, and in the team roping, both teams are challenging, both in the tie down, both in the barrels. If you have a chance, I think the only place maybe is not anyway. The, if you can get a average check and an average check, first, second, or third. And you're in contention for a gold buckle with $27,000 rounds, you can win the gold buckle with two checks. You know, even a guy like, let's just say, you know, Caleb is, looks like it's a shoe deal. But let's say he wins six in a round and all of a sudden he's real long. It's an easy go around and he's 11. And wins six, he falls a couple spots in the average. Haven Midget could win the round and win second in overcome it you know there's two checks today is a gold buckle plus so as a contestant because you've been in there you back mm-hmm. oh, in the yeah. box i mean like you used to hear ty murray say he didn't look at what other people had drawn he worried about his but as a contest like do you know that going in the box yeah. like this guy missed or yeah, this guy I, I knew when i went in i remember one year I, I just had to hold my spot in the average and it was like if i'm 10 flat win second they can't beat me you know so i remember riding in thinking you know it looks bad. I don't care. But like when I took another swing and when I tied him, I looked like I had, you know, I looked like I had four broke legs. I just grounded on him tight, you know. And everybody's like, man, you give up. You could win fourth in the, in the round. But when I was rodeoing, and I'm sure it's even more now, my world championship bonuses were worth more than the average check that I was going to give up one spot, you know. So, And then I remember one year I had to, you know, I had to win. I knew going in the last day. I had to win something in both events to win the all-around. You know, so my team rope was my first event. Well, that's the one I went at hard and stupid, hoping I'd win the go-around, take pressure off the next one. So I'm not – I was never a guy that was going to rely on what they were telling me. You know, and I listened to Bob and Boyd. You know, Bob Tallman could tell me when I rode in the box, hey, your shirt looks like shit. You know, and I think, man, it ain't that bad. I would listen to him, you know. (laughs) Yeah, for real. But you have to know, I think, inside – what it's going to take for you to be the world champion, and you got to be sure you can do that. Now, do you have somebody like 
because you guys, the time eventers have guys come like mm-hmm. help with horses. Do you, is that person kind of like, hey, you just need to win third or? Yeah, I, I tell you, I got the, the neatest deal while I go. A real a dear friend of ours and Shane Hanchi's friend, Ross Beasley, big time accountant, big smart guy. You know, just whatever he he sent me a flow sheet today, of every scenario possible for Shane Hanchi to win the world championship. Now, I just talked and talked to Shane about it, and I said, hey, you make sure somebody has that not on a phone, but where you can see it before you – he's the last roper probably, or second to last. Is Is he last? He's very last. Okay, you make sure because you don't want to run that through your mind and be guessing. You know, and and that's the cool thing about having help. I think it never hurts to have just somebody, you know, thinking for you. Now, they've taken it out. You know, the guy in the box has to be a contestant. But if you watch, everybody has their own guy in there that's different. You know, some of them have raw, raw, raw guys in, you know, let's go. Some of them have quiet guys, petting your horse, tell them, hey, man, that's the guy you want knowing that business. Yes, in your question, help is very much appreciated. You, you, if I ever did make the NFR, which I'm not, but in the perfect world, back in the day, if I would have made the NFR, you would be in my box. Who? Alfalfa Federson. Oh, yeah, by all means. Alf, man, make you feel good about When I was bulldogging, man, Alf would say the weirdest things, like, and it just pumped me up. Like, he'd come and slap me on the back, and he'd go, hey, bring, it, bring his head back in the McDonald's sack. We'll drink beer out of his horns. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? But, you know. Hey, I'm it, glad you didn't understand a lot of that. that that's a plus for you. <laughs> well, and I was, I was always a bigger guy, so, like, one of Alf's other favorite things was, Put him on his hips, pork chop lips. That's what he called <laughs> yeah. me because it's a big guy. Pork so, chop lips. Yeah. So, but you know, the the mental aspect we talked about that with Riley, uh, and I was just bummed last night for Riley Duval that he missed his steer because uh, we were talking yesterday, uh, and he was talking about his mental game and bulldogging and and uh, Mitchell, you you know Riley and been around those guys. The thing about Riley's mental game in this rodeo. Uh, he misses. He wins the first round. He places. He does good. He misses a steer a few rounds ago. You don't see him kicking the shoots. You don't see him running out of the arena. Man, O'Reilly. He just gets up, moseys out, does it again the next day. Last night he missed the steer again, which just sucks. And uh, this is not fair, but it sucks when he's on your fantasy team. But yeah, you know. Yeah. But he misses. Help. But you know, I, I asked Riley. I said, "How are you so mentally tough?" And he said, "Well, when I was in high school." Uh, I threw a fit one time after one of my runs, and Roy Duval grabbed him by the back of the neck and said, hey, we don't act like that. And he said from then on, he never never acted like that. But, I, I mean, the, when you're talking about the guys that get out here and not do good, unfortunately that's just rodeo. Everybody's here because they've worked their tail off. And I don't really know, even to the normal rodeo fan, if you can explain how hard it is to get to this level. The guy you helped. The, the John Douch, he was yeah. 16th, what, twice? Twice. 16, it, 17, so yeah. So you think about 16, you're almost there. I've always compared it to, like, a really, really hot chick. And she goes, <laughs> and it's towards the end of the year. <laughs> no, hold on. Hear me out. This is going to get good. No, yeah. no. Think about the most beautiful lady you've ever seen. Tall. Towards the end of the night. Yeah. And she's like, hey, guess what? You're the one. And then you're like, really? And she's like, no, actually, you're not the one. He's the one, unless, okay, it just sounded better in my mind. Okay? Yeah, we know what you're getting at. Well, and you but know, it, it is a thing. bummer. John, like, John Dowd, like, I think it was at a, I think he was at Omaha, 
Yeah. And he didn't do any good. And I, you know what? Same deal as Riley. Mentally, he was bummed. I mean, you. It's okay to be bummed because when you put your money and your time and everything you have, when you're passionate about anything, when it doesn't go your way, yeah, it sucks. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you kind of kid he is. At Omaha, we had one. Of, me and Reno Gonzalez owned a horse together, a really good one. We're saving him for the finals. We're waiting. Reno says, "Take him this last week." John's got to have him to make the finals. John leaves the box, and we hear something funny. And he sticks it on this calf, and all he had to do was win fourth. Fourth place makes the national finals. And I've got him entered at two in California just in case, right? So he's got it on him right there. And I noticed my horse walk up, and I'm like, what the world? He he crippled him. I lost a horse and NFR within within five minutes. And all John Douch on the way to the airport could say he was worried about was our horse because we lost that horse in the mix of it. You know, so that's kind of what told me. And I put him on plane flight. I said, get to California, see what you can do. But I told my wife on the phone after that. I said, you know, I got to stay hooked with this kid because instead of worried about why he didn't work and how he didn't make the finals, I said, this kid worried more about my horse, which is a $50,000 horse. I mean, there's a lot of money. But that's the kind of guy that can be 16th and come back and make him. Well, and it's if you look at the list, it really is. We're in the transition yeah. uh, of guys. The last... The last OG right now that's still hanging in there, well, two, two. Ryan Jarrett and Hunter, Hunter Heron. Yep. They're like the last of the, uh, I, I don't want to say the old school, but like the great ropers, Blair Burke, even though we don't get along, he was a great <laughs> roper. Yep. Blair Burke, Jerome Sneeberger, my yep. old brother-in-law. Um, that Brent Lewis. Brent Lewis. I saw yep. Tommy Guy the other day, by the way, which was great to see him. But, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the old school guys that they were around there for so long, and you know what? I, some of the best NFR memories, I think everybody can agree, was back in the day of Fred Whitfield and Cody Ole. Yeah. I mean, every time when I hear Cowboy to this day, I'll be driving down the road and Kid Rock, Cowboy. I'm like, I wonder what the hell Cody Ole's doing. <laughs> you know? And me and Tallman talked about that the other end of the show. It was, what, 97 or 98 when they broke the yeah. NFR record. Like, like four times in a row, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, that, I think Hunter Heron, I, I may be wrong, Hunter Heron might – or. RJ won. One of those are maybe it's RJ. He the last time I made the national finals was like his first or second time. So those guys, that's a long time ago. Yeah. But all the youngsters are moving in. We even call, we even call Tough Cooper a veteran now. You know what I mean? And he's not old. Tough. I felt so bad for Tough. Tough just never. This week just hasn't been indicative of his talent. And I'm not you talking know, trash. No, and I'm going to tell you, and I like that horse, and that's a really good horse. And he come from Cade Swore, and that horse, but that horse in this building for some reason this week, if you notice, the rope has been just slack a lot. Yeah. And Tough Cooper's had a couple down to be seven flat seven one. Oh yeah. But Superman can't do it without some help. Yeah, and also um, the other guy that I'm, I'm not disappointed in because he's my friend, and I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in his corner. I was so happy Marty Yates finally got to win around because, man, long I, week. I, I'm a big Marty Yates fan. He he's had trouble like it, especially I don't think in the tight on rope, but it doesn't seem like anybody's just this year has stepped up and just no. knocked it. Because you see those runs. Uh, what was that like two or three years ago when Tough won like three rounds in a row? Yep. And when things get a rocking in the tight on rope, and even kind of a little bit uh, in some of the other events, but like the bulldogging. Will Loomis, he's done great. Uh, 
How Mike about Dirk? You know, like Dirk. How about him? Yeah, I mean, from so, Hazer to three go rounds or something. You so, know, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, but the the fact that they've made it here, the fact that they are here, is an accomplishment. So I I would not want anybody to ever say, man, you know, that guy had a. You know, how'd he get here? Well, he got here because he was good enough to get here. You don't get to the finals like, you know, you can't go to, uh, you can't win $300 at the rodeo in uh, in Pawnee, Oklahoma and make it to the NFR. That's not how it is. Well, you talked about being a long week. And when you're having troubles, it and, you know, now there's social media. But, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have social media. And it's probably still true today. But when you walk in that hotel, there's 40 guys trying to coach you, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I tell the boy, like John and, Haven and some of the, the younger ones, you know, um, Weston. I tell them all, you're, they're they're gonna you're gonna get the, the advice givers and you're gonna get the calls and texts and all that, you know. But the main thing you got to remember is every time somebody tells you something, you can tell by the look in their eye whether they're trying to help you or they think they know it all. And the ones that think they know it all, you let it go in one ear and out the other. And the ones that are trying to help you, you keep in process a little bit. If it doesn't make sense, let it go. Because everybody wants to be an expert when you're having troubles. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many of these guys have reached? I mean, do they reach out to you on a daily basis? You know, or? I talked to I talked to a few of them. I do, but I had them in. You know, I had Ryan Jarrett in a clinic. You know, and I had Haven Medge and Weston's coming roped, and we talked about horses this week. And Hanchi, you know, we were he was battling back and forth what to do, and I don't give them any advice. I try to back up on what they want to do. Because if you make your decision wrong, it's like I told, you know, the other night. I said, if you make that decision, that's what you want to ride, then you do it and don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, unless they're paying your bills or they're giving you a half million dollar sponsorship where you don't have to worry about winning, it's all you 10 days right here. Well, you know, on your social media, you're, you know, with Johnny, you got John here. You've enjoyed that, haven't you? I mean, like the start yeah. of the week, I mean, you're taking every photo op in that yeah. arena on horses. You know, because of what it's Rum, special. Yeah. It's what Rome just said. You know, I wish I could, I could make it to where you could understand, but until you've been out there and you've been to 100 rodeos and you've had run an axle off a trailer at 4 o'clock in the morning in Auburn, Washington, and until you've missed a flight that you paid 800 for and you'd have missed the rodeo. And everybody says, oh, that's just a rodeo. I lost a gold buckle out here one year by $13. You know, you go all year and 13 bucks. And, you know, I wanted that gold buckle, but my family needed that 50000 bonuses I was going to get. So, and, and until, and I know what John's been through, you know, I've been with him, and I know what Jenna's been through to get him there. We've all, you know, it, I just, I decided I was going to be sure he knew that this is a special time and place because just because you make it one year, there's no guarantee you'll make it again. Yeah, that's, that's like last year with uh, Jacob Edler came on the last day, and Jacob, he, you know, he said some things we probably can't say in here because there's a lot of people, but, um, uh, Jacob, he he said, I got to win the world. I, I, obviously, yeah. I said, but you know, you got time. He goes, how will I know if I ever make it back? Like you, you don't know because uh, it could be, it could be a lot of not just physically, but you know, maybe uh, financially you can't afford a rodeo, or you know, you have triplets, or you gain a lot of weight, <laughs> well, like, or, or like Matt Austin. Exactly. I mean that that guy, he was going to be the next Donnie Gay, yep. and then injuries. Yep. I mean, speak. you never know. Injuries in the riding events can can stop your, you know, um, in a town events you might lose that good horse. You might not have that ride anymore. There's there's so many different things to it. I remember my dad telling me, and I and I say this, I've told the Resist All Rookie Banquet this, but 
the first-time guys and the first-time NFR guys and the resist all rookies. To me, there's never that feeling again of the first time. I remember like yesterday driving in over Henderson and seeing all the lights, you know, in my truck that broke down in El Paso for two days before I could get to the finals. I'll never forget that feeling. I'll never forget when in the Resist All Rookie of the Year, the same year I won it, I, but I remember that Resist All buckle. And I, I burned a truck down, or a whole rig down, we burnt down, uh, I don't know, a year or two after I'd won the first championship, or maybe I had two, I'm not sure. But I remember my dad asked me, because my driver wore my Resist All Rookie of the Year buckle. And I remember my dad asked me, he said, did you lose everything? And I said, man, we got out of there with us, but everything else pretty much. And he said, what about that Resist All buckle? And he didn't ask about the gold buckles. He said, what about that Rookie of the Year buckle? And I said, last time I saw it, it was kind of melting in the dash. He said, go get that buckle. He said, you'll never have a chance to do that again. And I said, well, but I, I said, well, we saved a gold buckle. And he said, well, you'll have plenty of chances to get more of those. But he said, go get that first one. You know, that's kind of how the first NFR is. Did your, uh, <laughs> did your custom leather knee brace burn down that you used to wear? Yeah, that old Kramer went with it. <laughs> I had to get a real one. <laughs> we were watching those videos. Like, there's absolutely zero support when Joe, it was one of them that you wear on the outside of your pants. It looked like a knee brace that was made by a fifth grader. Well, that, look, like, but back then, <laughs> I, we all wore them tight-ass pants on the legs. You couldn't fit a knee brace I believe, under. I believe the, uh, the word is stranglers. <laughs> well, stranglers. there you go. Yeah. But, but it, it, it is a different deal. You know, and I, and I, I wish those guys, not that they, they're not a joke, but, man, I tell them, have a good time. You know, everybody says, you need to go in tonight and get your sleep and rest and get ready. you got to win. You know, we, they've done that for 100 rodeos the best they can. You know, I know, and, I, and I'd say that because the other night I heard a guy talking about he saw some guys out and about at night late, you know, and, well, they ain't winning nothing. They should have been in the room. You know, no, that's not how they were celebrating. Yeah. And let them have some fun, man. This is a hard gig. And I do want to say, um, since we are talking all things NFR, uh, man, last night, my, oh. one of my best friends in my life, Dusty Tuckness broke his leg uh, pretty bad. He, he had surgery today, and uh, when you talk about a good attitude, last night I was about to cry. I was worried about him, and I called him, and you know what he told me? He said, man, don't worry about it. He goes, I've been, this is my 13th NFR, and he goes, man, you know, I've been pretty blessed not to have any injuries. And he's like, these things happen, Rump. You'll be fine. And I'm like, I just want to make... <laughs> I just want to make sure you're okay, but uh, that Tuckness is the hardest working dude I have ever seen. He works out nonstop. He watches, you know, he's been he's been a bullfight fighting bulls professionally since 2005. He's fought more performances at the NFR than anybody in the history of the PRCA, and he's only like 35 or hey, 34. Could, he's not called a goat for for lack of term. Like that boy, I, I've never seen anybody like Dusty Tuckness, and. Um, you know, we, we started together. Dusty and I started in 2005 at the Cody Stampede. I started clowning, and he started fighting bulls. And uh, the passion that he has in, in, to fight bulls, and, and, you know, it doesn't drop off. You would think he, he won Bullfighter of the Year ten times, and he's been, uh, you know, at the NFR ever since he was, like, 20, 21. You would think, like, some of the thrill would, would drop off. No way. Like, this dude don't let down at Pendleton. You know, we're towards the end of the year, and I'm like, screw it. Let's let's have some Pendleton whiskey and just get through the day. And this Tuckness is getting up at six o'clock in the morning, and he's got to fight twenty five bulls of perf. Six o'clock in the morning, 
this dude's working out for an hour and a half, and I go back to his motel room, and what I do when I go back to my room is watch Netflix. <laughs> like, it, I was watching Stranger Things on Netflix. It's a, actually a pretty good show. But this Dusty Tuckness is sitting in there watching bullfighting film from the day before. He's critiquing himself, and I've just I've never seen anybody with a better attitude and, and a guy that can get hurt, break an open fracture, whatever. Which, yeah, compound yeah, fracture, too. They, they can go after the perf and say, you know what? God's got this. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. But everybody, if you get a chance, say a prayer. Send up a positive comment for Tuckness because yeah. he's going to be out for six months. I mean, it's, it's a long road for him, but it, it ain't no thing. that He said last night, too, he goes, man, I'll be back. He said, this, this isn't a, what do you say? Something about a set setback. It's a. He's like, oh, it's just a pause, man. It's supposed yeah, but to. But you ought to see every night. You, you know the young guys. Let's say Webster's a young guy, right? And that enthusiasm and that in their eyes. And and I go do this last interview, and I'm walking up the tunnel right before the during the barrel race. And this duck, Dusty Douglas is bouncing off those walls, stretching. You know, hitting kind of like. Your Spider-Man routine, but with yeah. with real moves, well, with you know, a, with athleticism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's just bouncing around, and hey man, he high five Joe B. I got this. It's so he's so in love with what he does, yeah. you know, and he's so good at it, and he knows it. But to see that fire in his eye every night for the last, I've been doing this for 12 years or whatever. TV, you never catch him down. You never catch him dragging to do his job. He's always the fire that you want to see, that I'd want to see yeah. if I was riding a bull. So, yeah, yeah all hips well, up to, to Dusty. Yeah, and that's what we talked about last night. His attitude, you oh, know, and his, and his uh, you know, faith in God. Yep. You know, like he knows that, hey, this is God's plan right he, now. He knows it's out of his hands, you know, and, and it's a it's a terrible thing for somebody at that caliber and that high to have such a bad injury. But it's also, you know, I've had 14 surgeries doing this. And everybody used to tell me, back off a little bit. You know, you won't hurt yourself as much. My dad always told me, if you're going to play the game, you leave it in the arena. You know, if they got to fix you, repair you, they repair you. So it's a bad, I hate to see it for Dusty at that level, but I also don't worry about Dusty at that level. Well, that's where, that's where I was thinking last night how much, how crummy I am sometimes. Because when I broke my leg, I was mad. I was so mad. I cussed everybody. I punched everything. Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> and the worst part was, so when I broke my leg and I came home, the, the, the thing that's so humbling about rodeo, one minute I'm in Denver, Colorado. I got 10,500 people slapping me on the back. We're rocking and rolling. Life is good. A week yeah. later... My dad has tried to help me get in the shower. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and maybe the reason why, you know, like, Tuckness was a freak deal. That, yeah. I mean, that oh, was yeah. a freak injury. Well, he was, so was Rump's. Yeah, yeah, but Rump was kind of also a dumbass when that Oh, happened. I thought that was the greatest thing ever. It would have been great. It was the greatest idea for an it act was, ever. It, it was. That's one of them right there. That's one of the double-ass bull company guys that broke my leg. <laughs> Proud of it, he said. Yeah, and that bull, what that bull, uh, he got loose and no one saw him for a month, and then he showed up dead. <laughs> that's what's up. Wonder how, <laughs> wonder how that yeah. happened. But but on but back to the mental thing, like that's one thing where I was bad. But the the craziest thing, so when I after my surgery, because <laughs> you know you really messed your leg up when you have to keep it in a straight leg cast for five weeks so the screws can set before they start bending it. That sucks. But 
I was sitting there and I was joking around the other day with uh, JJ Hampton and and uh, Taylor Munsell and, and Sawyer Gilbert, them girls. I was like talking about breakaway rope, and they're like, "How do you know so much about all these breakaway ropers?" When I broke my leg, all I would do is sit in bed and take pain pills and drink beer, and I watched every run at the American Qualifier, the American Semifinals. I just sit there with Steve Kenyon all day just watching the rodeo. So I kind of got to know him. So, I mean, if anything, you know, it was that was one good thing. But I, I mentally, that's where my, where my down side was. I couldn't I, – I, I could physically win, but I couldn't mentally win. And I, I upset that. I upset that. That's how it is. And, and uh, now I'm a rodeo clown. I win every perf. So. You know, you know what's so cool to me about Tim O'Connell. Let's just say Casey Field, and I can just name them on and on. JB, all these guys that have been hurt, you know, and come back from injuries. You, you can't imagine how mentally strong you have to be if you're a steer wrestler and you have your knee reconstructed. The first time you crack oh. your knee and you catch one, yeah, I can remember having knee surgeries and run four or five calves, and my dad finally say, "Hey, you got to get off at some point. You can't tie the calves sitting on your horse." Yeah. You know the mental part of it. That's what I admire so much about the guys that have been through the bad injuries, surgeries. They come back, win championships, and make the finals. That's the mental part. Everybody doesn't have rump, isn't it? Now I'm gonna. I want to grant one exception. One exception that where you can be mad. Last night, that crossfire was you bull crap. You should have been mad. That <laughs> yes. was bu- can I get an amen from somebody yeah. on that? You know what? That I just, was absolutely but, the worst call. It's almost as bad as a call when Luke threw his steer down and, and they yeah, flagged him out. Yeah. That crossfire last night was you, just terrible. So I'm saying mental attitude, good at the time. It's good no, to listen, be a great I'm sweater. Not saying Unless that. that happens, then you can fight. You know me. I'd have probably roped him and drug him around the arena. That's just the way I am. But there's your chance right there, too. And we've been talking about it for years. They had that sent shootout a few years back over here. Yep, and we had replay. We had replay. I had a boy named McCoy Pro Philly. I was hauling around. We got to qualify to rope in it. We're in the semifinals, 4-2, whatever it is, 4-4. And Jimmy flags us out, crossfire. It took. This is how long it took. I probably said something first, you know, like, you did. I was clowning. I yeah. actually heard yeah, you what remember. you said. Yeah. Threw my rope down. <laughs> he said, "Ah, shucks." Yeah. Rode to the deal, hit the challenge button. My steer's going out of the arena. He rides over, gets off, looks in it, comes out, says, "No, you're right. No crossfire." And it took about that long, and it let us win ten thousand that we wouldn't have won. We had. It's time for it well, here. We had a replay official, which was Todd Butcher, was the replay official, and they had. And we have enough officials out there oh, yeah. to use one of the fifty. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That is, that is one thing I would love to have because, like, man, you don't get it back. And I talked about this the other day, other sports, NFL, okay, uh, NBA, you have the replay. You can watch the replay. In rodeo, by God, you got that judge, this is where I side with the judges. You have to make that decision then. Oh, I agree. You can't go, oh, crossfire. Well, let me take on Let, it. Let's yeah. go back and look. Yeah. Okay, no, it wasn't. Sorry about yeah. that. You know, I mean. And you know what else? And you, and you talked about how hard it is to win here while ago. You were just talking. The judges do not want. They're, they're in a. They're in a hot seat. They got to make a decision that fast on what they see oh, in real suck. time, yeah. and, and then the, everybody else has to live with it. That's hard on those guys. And that decision like affects one livelihood. Out. Yeah, I just mean, like, I, you know, if you had a replay, a lot of times, and I, you just on TV we show the replay. 
So a lot of times they'll, they'll get them on the right side. And even Butch will say, well, he, he was he was, he was not low on the right. You know, I just think it's time for it here. Sure. I'm not talking about at Abbeville, Kansas, but at the well, finals. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Are you talking about Abbeville, Kansas, one of the top five small rodeos in all the pro rodeos? Yeah, they don't need replay, but Vegas so, does. And that's what people say is that, well, we don't have it all year, but now let's have it at the finals. But the finals is where we crown our world champions. We don't, every, everywhere doesn't pay 29000 20 next year. And we year don't crown our world champions in Abbeville. That's right. You know, but, right. but now, so let me ask you this, because they are under such a time frame. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So do you think that, I mean, do you think that we're focused too much on getting everybody in and out? I do, in that and, two I'll hours tell, and, and I'll tell you when I really decided that the other night is when our Tom Brady threw a touchdown pass after the rodeo. Yeah. Stetson Wright. With, with, yeah, when Tallman announced that, that was – he announced at the watch party. Yeah, he, but, but I'm talking about in there, like, you know, it was done, lights going down, people leaving, and our, our breath of fresh air to the all-around championship race, Stetson Wright, is getting another bull, and he wins the go-around with nobody there. You know, and I'm not saying – I'm not saying be two hours and 40 minutes. I understand time. I've been on the production end of long enough, you know, but I think every now and then an extra minute here or there, uh, just like a replay. Yeah. And really, truly, how many times are you going to use a replay all week? Maybe three? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that needs to be addressed because, like, I don't know how it is in the, the PBR, but I know I think if you push it, and you win it, it's nothing. But if you don't win it, it's five hundred dollars. Sure, sure. And I think it. Hey, give it to the judge. So then, if over, you want to, over the ten nights, do you only get to push? If you're as a contestant, you only get three. Yep. You don't push it. Yeah, three I think times it needs to something? be addressed. I think I'm like you. I think it needs to be a book that op- needs to be opened, and it needs to be addressed, and needs to be followed up on because, you know, I, and I said this on another show the other day. That let's just I'm just going to use a crossfire for an example, okay? Like that, the shitty call that from twenty thousand, or twenty thousand difference maybe one spot in the average or one whatever that's not that much it is but it's not but what if he wins the world championship and he has a hundred thousand bonuses four different places and then what a gold buckle can open up later you know that goes back on one official one call that's not fair to him either you know and the on the taking a little bit extra time uh here's my thought do you think that anybody would ever say a big rodeo fan you guys are all rodeo fans, right? Have you ever left a rodeo and be like, man, I went to the national finals, Jesse. How was it? Oh, it was great. Uh, man, everything was good. The rodeo was amazing. But it just felt like it was about two minutes too long. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, and the, and the sad thing is, is, yeah, like we watched Stetson after yep. everybody leaves. There was the Great Lakes Circuit Finals who doesn't follow the ground rules because you're supposed to buck 12 to 1. Yep. Like, they had a re-ride, two of the three perfs. They shut the lights off, said, we'll buck them afterwards. I'm thinking, really? Like, you're worried about that when you haven't been worried about anything? Anything else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, too, I think you hit on something right there. Rules, I know rules are for a reason, but there's times that common sense has to take over somewhere. And just like that, my dad never went to another rodeo after the first perf he watched at the national finals. He said, I don't care if it's four hours, I'm going to stay hooked because this is the best of the best. And I, and the rest of them, I'm just going to see people. Yep. So two minutes, I'm like, you just say, I don't think that'll matter. So, like, remember the first year we did the American? Oh, yeah. And it was like five hours oh, long. Yeah, and yeah. everybody's like, oh, my God, it was, was five 13, hours long. Wasn't it? They are paying out a million. Million dollars. I am watching till the end. You yeah. know what, though? That not that you should. I'm not condoning this for any kids watching, but that first year at the American, you you had time to get drunk, sober up, do it again, make a few phone calls, and then do it all over. Yeah, I know because but 
I saw Jesse do it there. So twice. Yeah, you can't you can't get too drunk at the American because if you order three beers, it costs thirty two hundred dollars. <laughs> they have to run your credit. But uh, and Rob um, never brings his wallet. But yeah, it's I I. I Pendleton uh, is one of them rodeos that lasts all day, but they do 25, you know, in the, in the rough stock and, and, you know, 12. And it's, it's a long day, but it's, it's cool. Like, I wear out from jogging across that grass 500 times. But, you know, that's the great thing about rodeo. And a lot of the, the PBR guys say that's like JB, that's what he was talking about, how much he loves rodeoing. Cause I'm, and I'm not knocking the PBR because I love the PBR. And I work PBRs, but at PBR, the arena is almost the same every weekend. It's this Coliseum. Everything's the same. It's this Coliseum. You know, you same get there hotels, Friday. Same yeah. trip, same time. And he same, said, yeah. like, each rodeo has a different life. Like, like, rodeos breathe. You know, the rodeo grounds, the hospitality, the different people. And so, you know, I'm... I'm a fan. And, you and, know what? You know, you, you're like me. We're a fan of rodeo. And that's why... That's why, yeah. I, and I understand the stereo, but don't get me wrong, but that's why I don't push for standalone events. Yeah. I think you sell the package of rodeo to keep rodeo pushing different directions. And, and I, I do want to uh, make an announcement while I have a lot of people here. Um, if anybody has seen me clown rodeos, do you guys know the dummy I have in the arena? Can anybody here tell me that dummy's name? Okay, what is it? Mitchell. There you go. Here's a good bulk of your hat. Look right at that. Okay. I call that dummy Mitchell because he's named after a friend of mine. Did you know that? The actual Mitchell is sitting right here. Okay. He, when that first deal come about, they said, uh, well, are you going to name your dummy? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, they said, well, what are you going to name? And I'm like, well, let me think of one of my friends that's dumb. And uh, in a good way. So I named it Mitchell as a joke. And that's when the Cowboy Channel really hit. And uh, after the first, like, three days of calling that, that dummy Mitchell, Mitchell calls me. Hey, man, what the hell? <laughs> like, oh, you saw that? So you I saw just, 100 days and 100 rodeos, you a, saw it? Imagine that. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Um, it's, just, it's just always great to be out here for the finals. It always hey. seems like it starts off. Like, you can't wait. Like, Thanksgiving gets here. It's like, NFR, NFR. And then it starts, and you're so excited. Then after three days, you're, like, kind of ready to go home. Then the 10th round comes. You're like, I can't believe it's over. What's it? And I will say this, because you've had a big – you've done a – made a big part of rodeo being better. Just talked about watching so many rodeos and so many days in your house. I think with TV – and with the, the rodeo stepping up, you know, there's a lot of rodeos we went to. Added 2,500, had 10,000 now. They had 15,000. There's a lot of big one-hitters. We were talking the other day about a guy who was like, man, they can't make no money rodeoing. I beg to differ. You know, I started out $5,000, and I wore out a truck that broke down coming to Vegas. So you can make it if you know, if you, you know how to do it. I think rodeo is probably headed in the best way, more positive now than I would say since 94 or five, honestly. But it's because of shows like this. It's because of guys caring about the future and, and doing shows like this and opening the format up. And it's television and it's big money and it's Las Vegas. So I think right now, the, the part of rodeo that I'm connected with or that I'm in, 
uh, I'm lucky to be a part of because I think we're just going to see it get bigger and better yeah. with all you, we've y'all have done. Yeah, remember back like when the when Jeff had the Wrangler World of Rodeo, sure. and they and Denver took place like the last Saturday in January, yep. and we got to watch it in April on yep, ESPN. That's right. Remember that's how right. awesome yeah. that was? Yeah, great. And now it's right there. Mm-hmm. We yeah. never had that. Um, we didn't have cable growing up in <laughs> Abbeville, Kansas. You know, and so we there was one guy in town in the town of Abbeville. It's a uh, for a free cap. Can anybody tell me wh- how many people live in Abbeville, Kansas? Sixty-two. You're pretty close. You're about 30 off. Here's a free hat. <laughs> yeah, there is literally a post post office, yep. the granary, and the rodeo but arena. Old Bob Jones had a satellite dish, and I'm not talking like one of them cute little satellite Me. dishes. I mean, you could, you, could, uh, you could talk to Mars on this thing. And back in those days, the NFR, you all remember when the NFR used to start at like midnight? And so if you made it to the bell race and you were doing it, and I would stay on Bob Jones's couch and – Watch the NFR because in those days, my parents didn't love me enough to bring me to the NFR. And uh, left you at home. Well, it, in my progression of NFR, and I was talking with Jesse because, like I said, I love the NFR. When I first drove a truck out here for Benny Butler in, uh, I think it was 2003, when I, when I unloaded those bucket horses, I felt like that was the best feeling I was ever going to have. I'm like, I have made it. And then... Benny didn't really have tickets, so I'd wait in the parking lot till the rodeo was over, and um, then we would drive back to the Gold Coast. Uh, but as a stock contractor's child, you don't really get to go to the rodeos because you... How random is it? My dad just texted me. You, you might get to go, but you're going to work or any, stay Any home. luck on those tickets? Do you have any luck on finding two tickets? I could sure use them. Okay. See that? My dad would... And I love my dad. He's been a good dad, but... Uh, when I was younger, he'd be like, I, I knew all the, I knew everybody, all the contestants. I even had, do you remember the, the, uh, the trading cards? The, like, I, I've still got a Joe Beaver one with your awesome knee brace. <laughs> I, I, just, have you sign I it. just had a guy bring me those this week yeah. to sign them, and I'm like. Rodeo America trading <laughs> yes, cards. that's right. That's so right. I was so pumped to go to the rodeo, and our banker, uh, yeah, he wanted to come watch. So I got to actually sit in the parking lot. Instead of going, and the funny thing is, you guys are not going to believe this, but it's the truth. When I was 14, my girlfriend ran barrels at the NFR for a Pendleton hat. Can anybody tell me who she was? And it's not Fallon Taylor, even though we danced the high school finals in 99. Anybody? What year? 1994. My high school girlfriend ran at the NFR. Felicia Otis. Felicia, and she dumped me. Joke's on her. I turned out great. Okay. <laughs> You've always had problems with tickets to the NFR, though. I remember the story that Ashley told about Bronco buying you guys tickets for your honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my dad, he said, right after me and Ashley got married, uh, I was not um, financially I didn't, stable. Yeah, stable. Yeah, we didn't, the thing about money back then was we didn't have any. Because um, <laughs> turns out when you enter... 120 rodeos of steer wrestler and you place at seven it doesn't really pan out um so my dad he was like man he said if you guys want to come out to the finals let me help you out of it man thanks dad so we came out here we shared a room with my grandma lola no joke a two-bedroom room on our honeymoon and uh he gave us tickets and my ticket was in the balcony 
as high up as you could go. If you said a prayer, God heard your prayers first because you're right by him. And Ashley's was also in the balcony across the other way on the front row. So they didn't and, even get to sit with each other. Yeah, and once again, well, but Justin, our banker, had to come. A lot of good that did. <laughs> so, I mean, but those are still good NFR memories. And, and uh, I got to work the NFR in 2014. And just for the record, I know a lot of people ask me this. They say, well, why don't you do it now? I, I don't apply for it. Um, the NFR was an amazing, amazing time, and it was so cool to be there with Tuckness and Cody Webster and Chuck Swisher. Uh, all of us live in Oklahoma right by each other. So it was cool to do, but, you know, I rode you all year long. So during the NFR, it's so cool to, to get to do something different, and uh, especially now with Rup Chat and the, the Orleans parties and all of our, our great sponsors. So, hey, it's not like you're just there for that 30 minutes. If you're working that, you're there. Yeah, which I never really liked that because I had to go to it. The Rodeo Clown doesn't have a microphone. Uh, you don't have any acts. You don't do nothing. You're not turned loose at all. No. And yeah. I had to go at 8 o'clock meeting every morning, and that's not Rodeo Clown time. Like, Rodeo Clown time is wake up at noon, go to Who Hot, which is a great place. Very great place. Uh, you eat at Who Hot, then you come back and you sleep from like 2 till 6. And then you get ready and you do the perf. But, Jesse, if you don't have a mic and no turning loose, why do you have to go to the meeting at 8? I Exactly. <laughs> and to make sure if the dancer falls down the steps that you can replace him, I guess. I, I did yeah, like the, the big, yeah. the big Boy, dancer guy. Boy, don't start me with that. <laughs> I wish oh. I could have been the big dancer guy. I'm fat. I'm, I got good dance moves. They should have hired me. In the arena. I can wear 38 T-shirts. <laughs> that's going to be rough chat raw. Oh, oh yeah, okay. for sure. Well, anybody, we're, everybody, we're coming up on the uh, the one hour, so w this guy's extremely busy, and uh, I just want to say so much thank you to our guest today, the great Joe Beaver, and I'm more thankful that he's my friend, and, the, and uh, we're so glad to have you out here. You're an icon of the sport. I'm not kissing your ass. I don't want anything. I just really like you. Joe Beaver, everybody. Thanks. Hey, and, it, and I, I say it with all the respect and love in the world, but if there wasn't for idiots like this, Rodeo business would be a little bit boring. So get, be sure you back. So that's guys. a compliment, back right because he does a great job. Well, everybody, and thank you to our great, great sponsors that make this happen throughout the year. Pendleton Whiskey, our good friends that uh, help us. Pete Car Rodeo, Manscaped, Gold Buckle Beer. We also got new patches that are made by Rodeo Patch, which they do a great job. So everybody, be sure to if you want to listen to the whole episode, you can go to iTunes, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Get you gold buckle beer. Sit down and listen to the great Joe Beaver. And thank you, everybody, watching at home today. And uh, round number 10, who knows what happened. We'll see you guys next year. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs>